Welcome. You're listening to Harambians at Work, young African innovators who pledge to work together as one to build Africa's future. Hi, it's Malvin Lebega. I'm co-founder of GoOne.com. At GoOne.com, we provide the simplest interface for organizations and companies to train their staff. We offer that through a subscription library of corporate training content. So when we think about the roots of Go One, it was always about how do we unlock a positive potential in people through a love for learning. And we wanted to make sure that the barriers to access high quality training were lowered. Um, and so when you think about our customers, it's both those people that create the content and helping them grow their reach, but in the same vein, also helping organizations that want to train their staff um, to give them access to the best quality content. And so at that level, you know, I think of two sides and two examples where there was a, a, a content provider, essentially someone who creates content um, for a living, who had very high quality content, but struggled to, to get money. Yet what you'd find is that many large companies with less quality content were actually making lots of money. And so they partnered with us um, probably about three years ago, um, the small outfit out of the UK, and we grew the relationship um, with them using our channel of clients to actually get them get them more traction. And they ended up being acquired by a big uh, US company um, because they were able to get onto the scene and get that particular growth. And their role of partnering with Gohan was part of that journey. And I think being able to, again, surface the best quality content, regardless of where it may come from, was a big thing for us at that level. Um, but in the same vein, even some of the clients that we work with, one of our clients, what we support them to do is to train people throughout the continent, um, so particularly into Western East Africa, um, on how to be distributors of their products. And again, just being able to help one an organization in South Africa be more scalable and profitable also on the concepts and to break those links, but also to expose their staff members across the continent to best-in-class training, and they've benefited from that. I've always believed that, you know, no man is an island. And so when you think about a business and innovation, and particularly building a team in an innovative space, it often starts the alignment around purpose and value. And so even though when we began our business, we began as just a learning platform, and then you move to being a platform and the content, almost not just to a bookshelf and the books. Um, and when you think about innovation, what's enabled us to innovate as a business has been a deep understanding of the problem we're trying to solve and falling in love with the problem, not the solution. Um, and in doing so, we always ask ourselves the question, how can we better add value to our end user? How can we better meet this mission, this objective? And in doing so, we've seen the business evolve where I think when we started the business, we were just a platform, for example, whereas now more than 19% of revenue comes from content, which is something which we thought ourselves, how best can we help HR managers and managers and CEOs get the most from their people? And so for me, it often comes down to thinking through you know, innovation Think through the problem you're going to solve and fall in love with that. Um, don't doesn't have to be an app, doesn't have to be a website, just fall in love with the problem. If you do that, you'll do fairly well. And I think in sticking to the direction, it's quite interesting because often sticking to that direction often means changing the direction. Um, because whilst our true star has always been to unlock a positive potential through a love for learning, in the same way, there are many ways one can achieve that. Um, and so I even think about some ideas I've had about the business where I'm very fortunate to have co-founders who are very frank and honest and, you know, almost like have candor and how we engage with another. And so in, call it the pivots, we've almost found ourselves heading in a better direction, but still aligned to the same North Star.
The one thing I really like about the Rami community is that whilst we all have different ventures from different backgrounds, different schools, I think we have a common, I'd say, alignment or purpose around wanting to use entrepreneurship to catalyze change across the continent. And so at that particular level, many of the Harambeans I've had the privilege of, of, of interacting with have resonated that in quite a strong way. And so I think just reflect on one of the new Harambeans, Mr. Ngiwa from Jonga. And so at that level, you know, being able to share some of the lessons we've experienced um, at Ego One side, building and scaling a tech business, just the work he's doing in townships in South Africa. And it was rather fortuitous how we met and the alliance almost solidified that because we we met when I was giving a lecture on business strategy at UCT, approached me after the fact. And even though, you know, we hadn't really spoken about the alliance, you could see by the way in which he carried himself and what actually drove him and excited him. He had those Harambian values at the outset. And I think it's something which someone mentioned earlier in our discussions around, you know, a certain level of integrity and focus one finds in Harambian. And so at that particular level, just with Jonga and their business, you know, just working with them, actually invest in their business now, just off the back of an alignment of purpose and vision. And I have no doubt that there are many other touch points to be made, not only at an investor level, but also in terms of partnership in the ecosystem. It's interesting when you think about market creating innovations. And so often when people ask me, you know, Malvin, because we operate in over nine countries now. And so we always ask, our, people ask us like, you know, how do you pick a country? How do you find the experience in different countries? And what you find is that in certain Western markets, um, we almost are a market capturer because some would argue that the use case is well understood, the product is well understood, you've got very active competitors. Whereas in some markets, you are a market maker. Um, and someone would argue that it is more expensive to make a market than it is to capture a market. So think about in South Africa where we have Bolt and Uber. The fact that Uber spent lots of money to make the market comfortable on ride hailing, it was cheaper for Bolt to follow them thereafter, whereas Uber paid the school fees of making the market. And so when you think about the work that we do at Go One, um, the beautiful thing is what we ultimately provide is we want to lower the barriers to high quality professional learning opportunities. And we do that by our aggregated model where we aggregate across the best providers globally and make them available at a lower price point to people um, and businesses um, in, in, in different countries. And so when you think about the market creation, we've actually created a market both through supply in terms of the actual content creators and authors, also the demand in terms of lowering the barriers for smaller businesses to actually um, be able to afford their staff high quality training opportunities. Because actually what the nexus is when we started out the go with the one business was, I was an early investor in another Yoko business, another um, uh, um, Harambe business called Yoko. And similar businesses at the time we were speaking to all felt that they weren't big enough to invest in their staff. They were like, well, that's a big business problem. And the reality is what you've been able to do at Go One is say, how do we lower the barriers for any company to train their staff? Because arguably small businesses need the most training um, for their people. And so definitely in our focus around Go One, it's saying, how can we transform the human capital market in Africa? Um, but in the same vein, also enable um, localized knowledge in terms of you know what it means to be a good employee, certain skills and certain competencies also take that to a global marketplace. And so that's what we focus on. Companies spend more on in-person training or older forms of training than they do on e-learning or online training. And look, to be honest, Go One provides, can manage both online and in-person training. But many companies 
let's say for leadership course, rather fly their staff to, let's say, Franschuk or drive them to Franschuk for the weekend, have a session there, take them out of work for that period of time and cost them lots of money. And so the problem is there's a trade-off there because the more money you spend on training one person, the less people you can train. And so I often find that training budgets are inefficiently spent in the process. And so our biggest competitor would be the in-person session where typically execs and senior managers like going fancy places to feel good. Um, whereas you think about more the peer competitors, arguably most of our competitors are partners. I think about like Udemy or LinkedIn Learning or Skillsoft, all very big billion dollar companies. Now, all of them are our partners at some level. We collaborate and do certain things. Some of them we have our content, their content in our offering, for example. So it's almost in the mind of the customer where it's like, would you rather pay amount for one provider or would you pay the same amount, if not lower, for many providers? Something we're very passionate about naturally is, is learning and education because we believe that education is the most powerful tool you can use to change someone's circumstances. And so when you think about technology interfacing with education and, and the learning process and human capital development, I think there's a lot that can still be done. But I think what we often mustn't conflate, and look, as someone who runs a technology company in the tech space, I should be a bit more bullish here, is introducing technology into, into workforce development or learning isn't necessarily a panacea. It's not going to be a solution to all the problems that are faced in the space. And so I think the biggest thing is to understand, to meet a learner where they are and to meet a company where they are. And I think the opportunity for technology is saying, how can technology augment the learning process? And so whether it's a blended where you do a, I don't know, a online quiz or some simulation, then you do a classroom session, then you go for a mentorship session, then you do like a, end it off with like a sense check of knowledge online. I think the best introduction of technology into the workforce and into training often are more blended than just an either or. Um, and I think technology one has the benefit of, I think definitely lowering the cost if done right. Um, but two, I think most importantly is the personalization. So for example, if you were to do a university course or any program for that matter, there's a curriculum is very stock standard. I think what we're seeing now, technology, particularly when we're building things on the go one side, using, you know, algorithms and trying to use machine learning to better understand an individual user, we can then customize the learning experience and the curriculum to the individual. And the assumption there is that by having more customized learning, you have more, you have better outcomes because you're meeting someone where they're at as opposed to saying, we assume you're here, therefore. And I think that's where the power of technology, particularly when it comes to human capital development and training, is quite powerful. When I think of my professional career, um, I almost have a simple heuristic in terms of how I think through the things that I do. And for me, it's fairly simple. It's that I want to build businesses whose ideas excite me to the point they keep me up at night, but I want to partner and invest in businesses I wish I started um, with the particular co-founders, entrepreneurs. And so at that particular heuristic, by no means will our current ventures be our last ventures because I think there are many impactful things out there and I'm very passionate about using technology to solve big problems. Um, but when I think about my career and I look back um, at the end of my personal career, I'd like to look back and say I've created 100,000 jobs. Um, and so at 421, still some way to go um, across the businesses that I've invested in or built myself. But definitely when I think about my impact on the continent, my hope is that I'm able to achieve success at that level I've created that many jobs. Um, it's not that because, you know, money is not a thing, but I don't know anybody who's created 100,000 jobs and been poor um, or lacked. And so at that level, that's something which I would like to leave an indelible mark on on the continent through my journey. This podcast has been brought to you by Harambians on behalf of a grateful alliance. Thank you for listening.